We're here with uh, Deaf Noodles, Mr. Dennis. What's goody? How you guys doing? Dude, Great, chinchilla, chinchilla. The yeah. Star Wars shirt, very powerful. Very yeah, powerful. I was in the mood today. The Force. I love the Force. Uh, <laughs> try to stay on the good side. Yeah, <laughs> hell <force>. yeah. <laughs> Dude, very crisp, bro. Were you? Um, you know, I I hate to bring this up because it's so damning, but you were fifteen minutes late to this interview. Were you working on? Uh, were you yeah. working on something crispy? I was, you know, I apologize for that. I was working on something crispy. I don't know if you're, it's actually pretty sad. People have been sending me all day the stuff that's been happening with Gabby Hanna. I don't know if you're like, the dude, I just literally saw, I was going to get your opinion on that. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of crazy. I even talked about it on my podcast. I avoided like uh, talking about it or covering it like on my, as like a news thing. Cause I still do like news stuff, but I avoided doing it. Cause I just feel like she's going through something. And this morning, apparently, I had no idea. This like dude broke in, didn't break into her house, but was live streaming outside her house. And then she invited this like stranger into her house. And then the guy was like filming TikToks in her house. He's like walking after her. She's like filming a hundred TikToks an hour. And then like uh, and then she realizes that the guy is like knows who she is because at first he said he just wanted to use the bathroom. He didn't know who she was. And she realizes because she was getting tagged on his account and he was posting TikToks. She like realized he knew he had lied to her. And she's like in the TikTok, she's like, uh, like, I realize that you just lied to me. Like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, it don't, bro, it's like fucking so insane. Wait, did, she, did she think she knew him? No, she was just she thought she was helping somebody. And and he said he needed help, like using the bathroom. And she, I guess she was just trying to be nice. Right. Oh, but he word, liked word. her. Yeah. And and it gets it fu it's fucking insane. It looks like a horror movie, honestly. And then now he was just live streaming, so I was like watching to see what the fuck this guy was saying. I mean, the, to me, the guy is obviously cloud chasing, but he's like flipping it as like, oh no, I was concerned. I wanted to see what was up with her and all this shit. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? Can, can I curse out here? Yeah, oh yeah, for a, sure, for sure. Okay. We try to wait ten minutes before we start using uh, extreme slurs because YouTube <laughs> oh, okay. kind of uh, slaps a uh, uh, restriction yeah. on it. So yeah. hold off on you know any extreme racial slurs okay. for now. Yeah, Just yeah, give yeah. us ten for minutes. Now. For yeah. ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. Excellent. Um, hold off. You know, dude, you're uh, sorry, Harris. I ahead, always cut ahead, you off. It's That's part right. of the podcast, baby. <laughs> but uh, dude, you're you're more entrenched in that YouTube shit than I am. Um, you're like a you know actual like YouTuber. Um, based on like all the videos I've seen of her, do you think? Is she going through a mental thing or is she on drugs? Because I'm leaning towards like she really seems like she's on like acid or ayahuasca whenever she's oh, like wow. filming that shit. And I've seen a lot of people get fucked up with that. Like, that's actually a good point. It could be. I mean, she's definitely smoking a lot of weed because I, I like I've, I've from her previous videos and shit like she has this like a little weed box that she carries around. And you, you see it in every single video as she's filming. It's like on the ground or on the the. Uh, kitchen or kitchen sink or the bathroom sink but it, you know it i don't know there was also something i read uh, somebody tweeted about it said that she's going through a manic episode and i was i watched back because i was like trying to see what the guy was doing in her house and some of the stuff that she's saying is like actually pretty reminiscent of what etika was saying i don't know if you're familiar with etika when yeah know, when he, he was um, yeah when he he had a bunch of bipolar manic episodes and he was saying like a lot of the same shit about like there's more to the universe and I'm God and like the energy and all this shit. And, you know, she's saying like some similar shit. So that's why I thought it could be something like that. Obviously I I'm not like in the position to diagnose it, but it, there's definitely like something going on. It, it, it you know, 
uh, I don't know what it is, whether it's drugs or, or maybe it could also be, maybe she's seeing that she's getting a lot of engagement and she's just like doubling down on it. And like, you know, uh, I, dude, I, I'm, I really I'm sure don't it's know. Hard Cause like she, she used to be, I, in my head, her audience was mainly like younger kids, but she did used to be huge. Like she used to be like, uh, kind of like yeah. respected in the music scene. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure part of it is like losing that and like dealing with that. That's probably like fucking her up a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she was like a massive, especially when she was in the vlog squad with David Dobrik, she was like massive. She, she would get millions on millions of views for her story times and her channel was like always on trending recommended. Um, I don't know if there's an aspect of like uh, coping with like the falling off that's like maybe causing her to do this to uh, get attention. But I think she's still pretty well off. I mean, she was at the height of her career. She was like pre demonetization era, right? That she was like getting millions on millions of views that the ad rates were amazing. Your videos weren't getting, getting demonetized all the time. That's where that's why she was like getting like 5 million views on a story time. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that she's very well off as far as money goes. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know. She still gets, she still is trending on Twitter right now. She still get, has millions of followers and, uh, people who are paying attention to her. So maybe it's like a different aspect of it. Maybe she's not necessarily like, you know, in that in group that everybody's looking at because there's always that in group, you know, whether it's social media or entertainment or whatever. Uh, but she's still definitely, you know, sorry, my alarm's going off. Uh, but she's still definitely like somebody that people look at. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it, 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 yeah, go ahead. When, when you joined, when you joined YouTube, did you, um, did you always want to go at it from this like journalistic angle or did you kind of fall into that? Like, as you were like trying to feel your way around, like what's the good type of content to add on to that too. Did you, is it true? You started only like two or three years ago. Yeah. So here's the, I did like, my channel was like end of 2018. That's when I started it. Damn. Dude. Uh, yeah, That's but really the, the recent, whole story. Yeah. yeah, it was relatively recently. But the, the whole story around it is I when I lived in New York, I was actually building like YouTube channels and Facebook pages for like brands and rappers. Like I used to travel uh, like I around with like rappers. Like I, I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with like hip hop and stuff, but there's like the cool kids in Chicago. There's mm-hmm. Mikey Rocks, who's like one of the two. Uh, and like I crashed on his couch for a week and we just shot a bunch of music videos with, you know, back in the day, I would just do that, like shoot vlogs, tour documentaries and all this shit with like a bunch of different, you know, rappers. And I was building, you know, their brands and helping them build shit. Eventually I did it for like Univision and other like comedy brands. I was writing sketches and producing videos for them and, and stuff. And it always got to a point where it's like, I'm building all this stuff for other people, but I'm not doing something for myself. Right. Cause along this journey, I was always doing improv and acting in like community theater and eventually started doing stand up. And I, I was never building my own shit. And I knew that I had to have a social media presence for the business. Right. Um, and it just got to a point where like, uh, I think it was, and I've talked about this on my podcast, but I, you know, after I left, uh, Univision, I was like, I'm just going to double down and build my own, uh, like social media platforms so I can, uh, essentially use that to galvanize an audience to go and watch my shows. Right. Uh, because that was also really hard And New York is so fucking competitive. There's so many shows all the time. It's so hard to get people to come out. Right. Did you do, uh, you're so, talking stand up shows, right? Stand up. Yeah. yeah, yeah Did stand up shows in New York 
when I was there, I'm, I'm not a stand-up. I've done like I've maybe done stand-up yeah. ten times, but the five times I did it when I was in New York, it was always yeah. um, like uh, shows where no one, there was no audience. It was just ten other comedians waiting to go up. No one yeah. like laughing. Everyone like busy yeah. writing their own shit. It was just absolutely yeah. ass, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are the open mics. Open mics in New York are kind of miserable because it's just comics jumping from open mics, from open mic to open mic so they can work on the material. But I've done like bringer shows where you have to bring like eight people. I like, and that's a lot. Like, that's a lot of people to bring out, especially in New York where like I used to host a show in a, this dive bar. It was, it's the Grizzly Pear. It's down the block from the cellar. And uh, that just in that that like two block radius, you have the Grizzly Pear, you have the the cellar, you have the the Village Lantern, you have Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Then you have like I'm probably forgetting like there are like three other more spots in like a two block radius. So like to have people come out to your show um, is like so fucking hard. Plus there are all the other comedy venues. Like New York is the comedy mecca of the world. Like just so many clubs everywhere. And uh, it's it's hard. I used to bark too for shows. It's like, and that is like also. I mean, I I would rather bark for shows. And a lot of people look down on comics who bark for shows, but it's like a rite of passage. I feel like every comic has barked for a show. Can you get paid? What, wait, can you explain what that is? What is what is and barking? Do, do you get paid for barking, or do you just get a confirmed spot on the list? Depend. It depends. Like usually, it was to get a spot to get five minutes. So barking, uh, for those of you who don't know, barking essentially is. Uh, you go and you stand outside a comedy club or uh, in depending on the club you're barking for, if you're barking for like Caroline's or like a bigger show, well, Car Caroline's is near Times Square. So you'd be somewhere like that's really populated, that there's a lot of foot traffic and you're essentially trying to either sell tickets or convince people to go into your show, right? When I would bark in the village, I'd, I would be like down the block from the club that I would be performing in. And just this would be like maybe two hours before the show, I would start barking to sell tickets and then during the show i would keep barking if we didn't have a full house for some reason and you just keep doing it until you fill out the show and you offer people free drinks or whatever and i remember the best time that i ever like that i that for barking that ever happened was like it started raining in the middle of it it was like a hot summer day started raining like pouring right and I was like, this is great. And I, I started like telling people, yeah, like go in and, you know, go hot, you know, you get a free drink, you know, get in. I got 20 people in the club. And, and then at that point, the producer was like, no, 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 you got to stop giving people free drinks. So it was like, we want to pack the club. Right. He was like, no, 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 no stop giving. Uh, anyway, we got a few more people in there. But then the thing with barking is like, they want you for the shows that I was doing at the time, at least they wanted me out like even three minutes before I had to go up. So I'm like barking actively. And then they would like text me. I uh, usually when the comedian that was going before me had gone up and then I would go and wait for them to finish their set and then do mine. And then essentially I'm done for the day. Right. Mm -hmm. I earned my, uh, I worked like three hours to, to essentially get five minutes. Right. But it, it's a lot of fun. Like you can make barking fun. You can like, you know, play around with people, joke around and do fun shit. Uh, you know, but there are th th within the comedy community too, but like a lot of people like look down on it, but I feel like it's a rite of passage. Like if you haven't, gone that far to get stage time which in new york is very competitive to get good stage time uh you, you ha you're not you haven't like earned part of your stripes you know mm -hmm. uh, Dude, it's i like see that, that i see that yeah. i think a lot of like comedians when they're first starting it's like what do you mean five minutes like in their head they think they get to go up and do like 10 or 15 or 20 and yeah. it's like 
Dude, until people like know you, like you're, you literally do like oh, yeah. very short yeah. ass segments for a long time. Like you usually oh, do yeah. that for like years sometimes. Especially in, in, in New York where that, where it's like so fucking competitive. If it's like a, if you're doing like a smaller town, it'll probably be easier to get more time. But also part of the reason is it's just so hard to come up with a tight five. I remember I would write like 10 minutes worth of material at a time, like maybe once a week, I would just write 10 minutes worth of stuff. I would shave it down to like 45 seconds. And that's how I, I would build my, my, uh, my set because I'd just be writing a bunch of stuff and then I would just keep the good stuff. And then eventually I, I was like at seven or eight minutes, you know, which is, uh, kind of like you st when you get, start getting close to 10 minutes, then you, you kind of have like a solid set and you start having like, things in your wheelhouse that you can pull out, you know, depending on the audience you're performing for. And there are a lot of things that go into it too. Like there, like when you first start getting spots in clubs, you'll get like check spots, which is like the, it's the worst spot because it's like, nobody's paying attention uh, because they're all getting their checks. It's at the right. end. Everybody's drunk. Mm -hmm. Everybody's getting their checks. So like, you're essentially telling your jokes to nobody, like the waiters who are no, mm -hmm. and not even paying attention. Right. Uh, Cause people are being distracted. Like you go say a punchline and somebody's like, how much do I tip you? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, uh, it's funny. So that's, there are a lot of like hurdles to being a comic or, or like a working comic. And even then, like, I know people have been doing it for over a decade and are like absolute masters of the craft and still have a hard time getting booked because there's a political aspect to it, you know, knowing the mm -hmm. right people. Um, so, but I, I love it. Like I, it's part of the reason why I built the club that I, I just built a club in the front part of my office here in the space that I have. And, um, I, I just want to do shows and go up as much as possible and work on my shit because it's, you know, I, I love it. I, I miss doing it. And, uh, the pandemic really like put a, a damper on it. And then this, the whole YouTube thing picked up. So I haven't had time to go out and do it. Well, so did this you... is like my solution, you know, like taking the, the Rodney Dangerfield route or the earthquake route. You know, they, you, they built their own club so that they could like practice their shit. Like Dangerfield built his club so he could have the best bits when he went on Carson. Yeah. I want to do that too, but my version of it yeah. is I really like Subway, so I want to build a Subway <laughs> if I ever get rich oh, in my house. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Fuck, fuck the comedy club, bro. I just want you really to have your way. Oh, I was yeah. gonna ask, did uh, even during this time when you were doing stand-up shows, like, were you already kind of like? deep online did you feel like you already had an interest for things like youtube drama and things like that which seems to be a lot of what your content is now that that kind of if i'm understanding correctly that's kind of what like really put you in like the public the map, eye yeah. yeah is it, it were you is, already yeah. interested in that stuff so i did like my introduction to youtube culture was around 2016 and 2017 oh great i don't time. remember how, mm -hmm. how it was a crazy time yeah yeah it was iDubs was doing the content cops. I remember those. Mm -hmm. uh, Leafy was like a massive figure in commentary. It was like, I guess, uh, the first commentary wave or whatever. And I, I, it was coincidentally around the time that I left my job at Univision and I was starting to do my own videos. And they were mostly like, I was mostly reacting to memes and like weird stuff online. And, uh, you know, it was just trying to figure out what my voice was as far as being a YouTuber. And I didn't even understand the YouTube algorithm itself. Uh, I, you know, later on, I started, uh, when I moved to LA, I met a bunch of YouTubers and I kind of working with them, I started understanding how the algorithm works and how you, you necessarily, like you kind of niche down on your content and then broaden it as you go up. Right. Um, 
So that, you know, that all kind of played into the way that my channel evolved because, you know, I, I had a channel before it, right? When I was in New York, I, I had a channel where I would post like a video, like every single day that was very similar to what I'm doing now, but they were mostly like commentary on being Brazilian, right? Cause I'm from Brazil. That's like what I would talk about mostly when I wrote for Univision, like being a Latino in America, being Brazilian and all this stuff. And that's a very like niche, niche audience. Um, but I wanted to do like broader stuff. So I, I got this, I started this new channel, uh, end of 2018. And I just started asking my followers at the time, uh, you know, which weren't many, I think I had like maybe a 200, maybe a thousand or something. And I asked them like, uh, you know, like recommend, uh, some like videos you want me to react to. And they were like, Oh, uh, react to this Jollibee commercial. You guys, you guys know Jollibee, oh, like, yeah. the, the most oh, yeah. over-dramatized, melodramatic commercials. They're like, <laughs> I mean, some are hilarious. Some are really bro, sad. You can't insult yeah. Jolly, bro. Jollibee, bro. That's like a slur against Filipinos. We, we're we're <laughs> pro-Jollibee. We're pro-Jollibee <laughs> on this pro pod, Jollibee bro. Too, okay, bro. Okay. You have no idea. I love Jollibee. Uh, but the commercials <laughs> went super viral for a while. Like a bunch of people were reacting to them. They had these like crazy twists, right? There's one that I remember. It was this guy talking about how he loved this girl and they were going to get married someday. And it's like leading up and they all like eat a jolly bee together. And that's where their love develops. And then all of a sudden they're at the wedding and she's walking down the aisle wearing a dress and she goes up to him to kiss him. And instead she hugs him and then walks past him to the, <laughs> the groom that's afterwards. The guy's just the best man. You know what I mean? Nice. So it's like. He got cucked, you know. Powerful, <laughs> a jolly bee cucking, bro. That's like a, yeah, a modern day great. romance, dude. That's, that's powerful. Great. Yeah. <laughs> when, so I, when, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna ask, when did you feel like? Was, was there a first like banger video that you uploaded that you were like, oh shit, like I'm on to something. This is I'm doing numbers. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of those jolly bee commercials did like well. Uh, I reacted to a video. There was this Filipino singer that I didn't even know who he was. But my my followers at the time recommended that, that I react to him. I think it's still the most popular video on my channel, but it's this guy who sings exactly like Air Supply. And he was like a homeless guy. It was super viral because he was homeless. He was found in the middle of the street. And he sounds exactly like the lead singer of Air Supply. Wow. Uh, and uh, it was super viral. I think that video got like four or five million views on my channel. And it's been it's always gets consistently views. And it's like not just in the Philippines or in America. It gets views all over the world. So I'll get like mm -hmm. comments with different languages on it. And that's, that was like a video that I didn't, I don't even understand how it gets that many views. I think it, and how it keeps getting views. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, that, that whole, like, I kind of doubled down on this whole, like exploring cultures thing. Cause I, I also did it. Like I, I reacted for a while to Indian trailers. I reacted to, for a while to like this Thai television show was the mass singer. It was like huge, like super viral. It, before it came to America, it was like super viral in South Korea and in Thailand. Uh, and I reacted to a lot of those. And then eventually I, I, I was like, because I have a comedic background, I, I wanted to be able to start incorporating more of like the comedy that I do and like my my lens, my perspective. Right. Outside of just talking about how cool this stuff is that I was watching. So I, I think it was middle of 2019. I started trying different content. And it was like, at first I was reacting to memes and things that were trending and, and viral clips. And some of that stuff did well. Like I have a, I have a couple of videos that did super well, which were like, you know, singers failing. And I turned that into like a series. So it's like, 
it's just the it's videos of like there's one video of Christina Aguilera. I guess she got like a uh, a spray tan and she started sweating, kind of like Giuliani, you know, started sweating. Mm -hmm. Oh but yeah, it's and like, it just looks uh, like she's melting a little bit. Yeah, yeah, well, it yeah, starts yeah. running down her leg. <laughs> and it looks like she's, you know, going through it. exactly. Yeah, it's a, it looks like it's something happening. Uh, but yeah, so it's like different videos like that. There was a video of like Justin Bieber, like it looked like he pooped himself or something. It was like dumb shit like that. Nice. And it, it, nice. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I'm gonna I need, I'm gonna need that link. Yeah, I'm gonna need that link. Yeah. For that video, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, so I. That's yeah. how we clickbait it. But then you know, and the views weren't consistent. I wanted to build like a community, a consistent audience. So I started looking at uh, and like content that could help me have more of a conversation with my audience. And that didn't just feel like a top 10 list or something like that. Uh, because those, those videos sometimes feel kind of impersonal, right? So I started, uh, I think it was, this was towards the end of 2019. I saw that there was this YouTuber, Onision. Are you familiar with Onision? Oh, yeah, Harris yeah. is a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, not, Harris yeah, I know who he is. I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So Onision was going through this phase where like uh, this uh, this girl or, or woman who lived with him, he had like flown her across the country to move in with him. And she came out and made several allegations that he had like groomed her and that, uh, you know, because I think she was 16 when she first moved in with him. And then he and his uh, his partner ended up like having a sexual relationship with her when she turned 18. So it was like very messy. And uh, it was also around the time that um, the guy who does to catch a predator, what's his Chris name? Hansen. Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. Yeah. yeah. So it was around the time that he started interviewing all of the women who were talking about Onision. I was like, Oh, like maybe I'll look into this. But I, instead of looking at that aspect solely at that aspect, like I wanted to look, like I said, for like something comedic and it's hard to find something comedic in something that's so tragic and, mm -hmm. and like really, uh, you know, awful, which is grooming or something happening like that. So I thought, okay, so I have to look at the target. The target is clearly Omision. This guy's a clown, right? So I, that's essentially what I, I started just using him as a target. And he was uploading like every single day, a meltdown video right where he was having a meltdown and he was like going full, like lol cow, I guess going full. Like he was crying in his car. apart. My wife kicked me out, like doing all that shit. And I, I started reacting to them like uh, satirically, like saying, like, I was like, I'll just yes. And all this shit. I'll just say like, it's absolutely normal, even though little it's not improv. normal. A little bit of yeah, improv. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I just started. That's what I did. I was like, I'm going to act like this shit's absolutely normal. Like, you know, oh, yeah, this is perfectly OK to do this. You know, I would just like say and I say it in the calmest way possible because it would like create a sharp contrast to it. And that started evolving into this whole thing because, uh, you know, and, and then it goes into like this whole character that I ended up creating, which it, 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 it's like it gets convoluted because a lot of people think that I used like the character as like an excuse to get away with doing bad shit, which like the bad shit they're saying that I got away with isn't like actual bad shit. What's it's an example like, of the bad shit? And by character, you're talking about how my sweet co-host is dressed up, right? Yeah, the cat it's ears similar and the to that. Glasses. I was very similar to that. Yeah, you know, I didn't yeah. want to like, I didn't want to bite your style or anything, but I was trying to like, it, you know, I was trying to do my best cosplay of like some old school uh, deaf noodles like content. Yeah, yeah I, Dude, I, I was yeah, worried. I thought you were gonna come in and see that and be like, "Oh, these guys are." I'm, the, I'm getting the fuck out of <laughs> these guys, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking out of here, dog. 
<laughs> oh, no, I appreciate it. You know, there are a lot of people nowadays who are like, I miss the old deaf noodles. I miss, I wish you would go back. You know, well, uh, what is what is what is the old deaf noodles like? Why is why do they say that? What what's changed about you, or what do you think they say? And also, what's the you? what are they accusing you of using the character to get away with? So I don't I don't know any like, scandals really. Before. Yeah, so there were like it, it started off. I think the first time they said that was I started sharing like news as a joke because I started covering. I heard nudes started... when you said that. I was like, wait, oh, a news? <laughs> news. Okay, yeah, news. sharing news. Yeah. yeah. I'm posting my dick pics all the time. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, so I started, I started seeing the whole like, uh, doing the commentary on, on these videos. And then there was a whole scandal with Nicocado Avocado that happened afterwards. And I started seeing, okay. Maybe this is something that I could like, uh, like explore, right? From like a parody news type thing, uh, you know, like just covering these news and like the whole irony and the whole joke of it is that I'm just a guy at home doing this. I shouldn't be considered like an actual news source, right? Um, so I started covering these, and uh, it, the first one that really went viral, that went like insane viral, was and, and I did it in a super exaggerated way, right? Every every you know the the character I think was already blown out which was there was a whole evolution to the character as well. But uh, and I can describe that later. But the, the viral moment on Twitter was there was this video of Charlie D'Amelio vaping. Right. There had been like videos of her vaping that had been floating around for a year. She was, I think, 17 at the time, uh, 17 or 16. This was like end, uh, October 2020, I think. Um, so she had um, there was this video of her vaping that had been going around for a day. There were other ones for months before, but this one had been going around for a day. So I, I grabbed this video and I put over, put together this really like absurd, like six tweet, uh, you know, thread about it. It was like the, the video was like, Oh, this is unbelievable. I don't even remember what the caption was. Cause the tweet got taken down because it got mass reported. But, uh, so it was like something, Oh, this is absurd or whatever it is. And then in the follow-up tweets, I had shit like, uh, yeah, this is what vaping does. Uh, this is blah, blah, blah. And then I contacted her parents. Blah, blah, blah. It was like, obviously, like, uh, you have to be insane to go to that length because you saw a video of a person vaping, right? Right. So, so what, they was, thought you were being serious? They thought I was being serious, yeah. So okay. the, it, went, it went super viral because people thought I was being serious. So they were like, this guy needs to get a fucking life, right? Uh, so that was like, and then I, I later went on this, uh, because it blew up so much, there was this other YouTuber who had a stream and he was like, no, what he's doing is not a joke. This is actually who he is. And he's just trying to hide behind a joke. Right. Uh, and I, I tried to explain it at the time. And, uh, you know, at the time I think they, the, they like accepted it, but then it just started becoming a whole thing. Like whenever there was some story that I would publish that they, this specific group of like YouTube commentators didn't like, or they didn't like the way that it was blown out or whatever they would use that whole thing. Oh, he's hiding behind a joke. He's hiding behind the fact that he's doing this as a joke and he's got to take it seriously. And they started really pushing me to be like a journalistic source, which is something that I never really wanted to be. And I even said this in another, like I did an interview, like around that time actually, where I explained all of this, like, you know, I'm essentially like satirizing independent news coverage because we're attributing so much credibility to these individuals that, you know, aren't necessarily like following through with all the research, right? We're treating like me at home, 
you know, covering these stories like I'm fucking NBC. You know what I mean? I'm not NBC. I don't have the same journalistic standards. I'm just a dude. So it's like co broader commentary on what's happening. Right. Um, and I, I guess it, it got kind of lost in the sauce. And because I was doing so much of it so often, it was so much that was getting published. And I was tweeting 20 times a day. I was publishing a video every single day that it, it took a life of its own. And people started actually considering me to be a news source, even though I was like, bro, I was wearing like uh, cat ears. Mm -hmm. I was in a Minecraft house where like white, I like frames. <laughs> and uh, I was talking like fucking Gilbert Gottfried. I was yelling at the tops of my lungs. Dude, I literally said that the other way when I, my girlfriend and me were looking at your videos yeah. and we were researching. I was like, he he literally sounds a little bit like Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. yeah you can, and that yeah, all started. That impression, I feel like. Yeah, I used to do one in my stand-up too. Like I used to do him in a like library. It was like one of the last things. I used to do three impressions. It was Gilbert Gottfried in a library, Scooby-Doo getting pulled over for a DUI, and Elmo <laughs> – uh, I don't remember what the Elmo one was. It was like Elmo somebody, telling somebody to fuck off or whatever. Let me give you uh, uh, some banger material for your next stand-up set. No one's done this. Yeah. Gaybert Godfried. Okay? We're going to uh, make Gilbert Godfried. Godfried gay. Yeah. There's something there. Touch a dick. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. That's, that's good. That's good. Dude, yeah. I, I always saw you. I Sorry if I interrupted mid-speech, mid yeah. but uh, I think – to most people who s would see you, it would be clear it was like um, almost like you were making fun of like a Keemstar Keem types, right? Essentially, yeah. And yeah. I said that that's part of what I like part of the inspiration for the irrelevant news show, too, was like I always thought the stuff he talked about was absolutely irrelevant. And he would just blow it up to this level of seriousness. Oh, my God. Somebody tweeted this out. You won't believe it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that, that's why it was called Irrelevant News. And I had a very similar intro to his because I was making fun of him, essentially. Mm -hmm. I said this in uh, other times as well. I just thought I've always thought he was a clown, honestly. <laughs> I yeah. just I was kind of friendly with him at, for a while. So I felt bad like saying that publicly. But now it's like I always thought he was a clown. I always what, thought. <laughs> what would you say to someone who brought up because I get your point of view like I totally yeah. do and I get what you're saying. But and I'm not as familiar with your older stuff, but I'm if I go back about a month or two, who, who was the guy you were beefing with? Papa Gut? Yeah, yeah. Could do you see how someone could find fault in how you went about that scenario? And on top of that, looking back on that scenario, is there anything you would have done differently? And also explain this scenario just just because my sweet co-host, I'm not sure if he's aware. Yeah. So you're talking about the was it the the, the one where the, I made the a joke pedo that stuff? He looks yeah. like a pedo. Yeah. 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 So yeah, to explain the whole situation. So essentially. Uh, you want me to just explain the situation or my mindset? Maybe I'll explain the situation and then my mindset afterwards. Give me a slight mindset for anyone unaware and, and for so, my, yeah. my so sweet So the mindset hairs. was, I mean, it goes all the way back to December. I saw a video that I, in December that he did reacting to this. Uh, he did commenting on this, the coverage that I did of the situation with Sniper Wolf. And I, I just thought he was a little dishonest in the way that he, you know, uh, covered the situation. What was he? But, did something happen, or was he just coming after her for the? Because I know she no, like edits he was coming her photos. after me. He was coming, oh, after, was coming me, after you. Oh, after me, saying that uh, that my coverage was wrong, and that uh, and that Keemstar was right about the whole situation. And uh, you know, he hadn't talked to. You know, later I found out he hadn't talked to her. He hadn't gotten her side of the story. I I talked to her, 
I asked her about the situation. I, he also tried to make it seem like the whole video that I made was just so I could virtue signal, which is not true at all. Uh, it, it, I raised a bunch of money for, for this, uh, for the thing. Anyway, that, that's all doesn't matter. Uh, but that video, like kind of, I was like, uh, and then I think a couple of months later he did another video. Um, and from, uh, he did a video reacting to the coverage that I did for this, uh, scandal with the B family. And, you know, the, the, both of those times when he did those videos, I got a bunch of comments, like people telling me stuff and like that I should retract it or go back or whatever. And I was like, I was confused. So, you know, with that second video, uh, that he did, I, I did a response, but I did a response the way that I respond. Like I roasted the shit out of him. Like I called him an incel, like, you know, the guy's married. I thought it was funny to call him an incel. Like, you know, everybody knows that when you're, I, I, maybe it's just my sense of humor and because I've been married and that happened to me. But, uh, you know, when, when you're married, your sex life goes down the fucking drain. Right. It, it happens. I'm not even married and I'm, I'm at that point, baby. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, no. <laughs> so I thought that's why I thought it was funny uh, that, uh, you know, uh, to call him an incel because he's married. Ideally, you would think that uh, somebody who's married has a pretty decent sex life because you were somebody. But uh, but yeah, a lot of uh, at the end of the day, we ended up having a, a debate which went really off the rails, especially on my part. Um, you know, I, I usually like calm and collected, but the debate when like, you know, I, I was like, I've been getting comments and he shared something publicly that he wanted to debate me and this and that. And it was like a few days of me just getting absolutely like bombarded with, with, uh, comments and like, uh, you know, DMS that I should talk to him. And I was like, let's just fucking do it. So I got home and I, I kind of acted on emotion. It wasn't really my best moment online, but I'm really not a debater. Like my, my, my fucking facts don't care is- about your feelings, bro. Yeah, they exactly. don't care about your feelings. Do, they they do don't you... care about my feelings. And I, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> bro, my wheelhouse is telling dick jokes, bro. Whenever I have to debate someone, I'm gonna fucking lose, and I have no, no ego about that. Uh, you know. Do um, uh, but do you yeah, feel that's... like a lot of this stuff is getting just like dredged up again because of the the roast that happened, which kind of like well, put you on blast I mean, I, for some reason? I have a bigger conspiracy. <laughs> theory that i can tell you afterwards the I, Jews. I can't really discuss it huh? the jews no <laughs> no <laughs> no it's it but it'll make sense if, i'll tell you guys off air but i just can't say it publicly just because it's like uh you know there's there are elements to it but i'll tell i'm i'll gladly tell you off I'm air hype. But there's I'm more hype. Yeah, I'm hype bro a little juicy there's, a little juicy juicy yeah. There's more to this situation. Like I'll, I'll be able in a couple of years, maybe I'll be able to talk about it, but there's more to the situation than meets the eye. But yeah, that that's where like my kind of rift with him started, you know, because we had this discussion that went very poorly and it, it really, uh, you know, his fans continued to like harass me for a few days. And like, I kept getting DMS and like all this shit. And, um, and then I, I was just like, you know what? I'll take the L like, I you know, I, I was uh, kind of rude to him. So I, I, the next day I made an apology. I apologized to him for, you know, being rude to him, calling him an insult. This was the pedophile thing or just the insult? No, no, no. This was before. This was the first debate that we had. Okay. Yeah. So I apologized to him and, uh, you know, and that didn't go well either. I started getting dunked on by everybody because it's, it's also funny. Like, you know, you you leave any room for vulnerability on the internet. It's, it's like people smell blood on the water. Right. And then everybody, Mm. they're all like sharks. They want to feast on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, even so people who aren't like there, there's definitely people who are kind of like dickheads and will hate people for no reason. But whenever there is like a feeding frenzy going on, people yeah. who are generally like level headed will join in on. Yeah, they want to crusade like yeah, everyone, everyone will hop in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that that happened. And then over the next few months, I kind of just like ignore the situation. But he kept making like video after video after video, like 21 videos, uh, I think over the, the course of like four months, it's pretty much one or two videos a week, right? About me. And I was like, eh, fuck it. But then I, I you know, I got my Twitter back and I was, uh, I, I started getting these comments of how like, oh yeah, he like, he owned you. And I, I responded, I think the first response, I was like, you know what? Like, who gives a fuck? And, and this is like, you know, uh, I don't even remember what the fuck it was, but it was some response to that effect. And he like immediately made a video off of that one tweet that I did that I responded. And then I was like, oh, this is funny, dude. He's like doubling down. He's like making videos about anything I say. So uh, the next like somebody said something else that was snarky towards me. And my impulse is just like, you know how you treat a heckler, right? You just go, who gives a fuck? So I, yeah. I just did. I kind of did the same thing. And I, I was like, uh, I responded. Uh, oh, they were like, oh, you, you, uh, I don't even remember what I said initially. But I was like, you know what? I made a mistake calling him that. I should have said that he he looks like a pedo instead. Uh, and I shared a few pictures of him. And that really pissed people off. You did tag the L.A. police as well. Oh, I tagged the FBI. In FBI, the, that's in what it was. Press. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tagged the, I'm sure the FBI is like using all those resources they're using to catch all the terrorists and everybody mm. to go at, look after somebody who looks like a pedo. I'm sure the FBI is like, oh, Papa got top of the list. A lot, I think yeah. a lot of people would be in trouble if that was like how they went. If that was true. Yeah. Like, Dude, yeah, you know what? I, fucked. I, do, do you feel like after some of this shit has gone down, are, do you want to? Do you have any desire to step away from like the YouTube news commentary community and just do comedy that's unrelated to this stuff? Or do you feel like you're still having a good time, even when things are going kind of like topsy turvy? I've been actually I've been it's funny you say that because I've been since the beginning of the year wanting to move on from just covering drama itself. Like I started covering more like broader pop culture stuff like uh, I guess it was October or September of last year. And then I started incorporating more politics because I just have an interest in politics. And um, yeah, like I, I, I've been trying to step away from it. And like this, this whole era that I'm currently in, which is like a bunch of shit going, you know, with the live show. And it's kind of a gift and a curse because my audience is kind of turning against me. But at the same time, I'm finally being able to because the, the, the bar has been kind of lowered a little bit. I'm finally being able to just broaden what I do and people are kind of going along for the conversation, even though unwillingly, but I've been trying to get out of the, the whole, like, I don't know, there's some situations that I just felt so icky, like covering or talking about, or, and I felt pressured because of the way the algorithm works and because of the way, Oh, all these other channels are covering, I'm going to be suggested next to them. So it, it just, that's uh, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of group think that goes into being a part of that community and honestly, I just I, I wanted to just move away from it because it's just it's so toxic just dealing even if you're not getting attacked. It's just so un incredibly toxic that it, it just starts eating you up like, bro, it, it, I just always felt so bad. Like oh, somebody real quick, we, we do have yeah. one minute left, so you may get cut okay, off. Okay, Yeah, I, we can cut I right totally now then if you want. Can you hear her right now, though? Now I can. Yeah. Okay. Dude, a little dog barking adds a little flavor. All right. So I think, I think it was, oh yeah, the apology thing. So I always felt so awful reacting or like having, because you know what, once you're in that drama commentary thing, like people have the expectation for you to go in and go hard on everybody you're covering. Right. Right. So that's part mm -hmm. of the game. Right. Um, 
And a lot of the times when somebody's doing an apology video, you have to go in and go hard and just be really aggressive with your, uh, you know, whatever you're saying to, you know, even if it was, it, it, even if it's just jokes, like they wanted me to be like really ruthless and really tear people up. And I saw those were the videos that did best. But, it, you know, I always felt bad because it's like somebody who's trying to apologize, who's trying to, you know, kind of like, even if they like our antenna mojo situation for example she like issued a really awful apology video in the middle of 2020 because some of her friends said that she had had these like microaggressions and uh like racist microaggressions and they felt like they never treated them right because you know uh they were black and it was like this whole thing and you know she you could tell just how stressed she was from her apology and like she was like reading off a prompter and doing all this shit and like uh, I don't know. I, I, I putting myself in their shoes. Uh, it's just like really a really ruthless aspect of uh, commentary and media on YouTube that there's a whole market of people who just react. And, you know, even when somebody's like essentially try, trying to reconcile their problems or trying to, you know, ask for forgiveness, you're, you're there like destroying them. Essentially, it just feels a little like kicking them while they're down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Dude, so how, I, I how just always. Sorry to interrupt. How would you describe yeah. your commentary? Because earlier you said it was all jokes, right? Yeah. But there is an aspect to it where you are reporting the news, right? Or not Not really? There is There is an aspect of it, but a lot of the news that I was reporting, a lot of the times weren't. It was like irrelevant news. Like news. Yeah. Right. Right. It'd be like there were, and that's one thing that I started seeing too, like causing some confusion because I remember the first time that people like got a little like there was this uh, trans influencer in L.A. who got beat up on Hollywood Boulevard just a few blocks away from where I'm at. I remember this and, video. They took her purse. Yeah. 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 So she was like she was looking for an Uber and she and her friend got beat up like really bad. And it was it was really awful. And I covered it because I thought it was fucked up. And I was like, OK, well, now I have this news page. I could cover something like this and bring awareness to it. Right. Um so that's where it started getting people like confused uh, because then I'm talking about serious topics. And I, I looked in like before I started doing that, too, I started looking at like how Colbert or The Daily Show or like other shows like that would cover it because they talk about serious stuff all the time. Colbert had a whole segment on Epstein before any of the Epstein stuff came out. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So and he made a bunch of like jokes about like Epstein being a rapist and a pedophile even back then. So it, it you know. I looked at that and I was like, okay, so it's possible to do that. It's just who the target is. So that's usually how I went like about my things. I was like, who is the target? If I'm covering a serious situation, make sure you make the clear distinction of who the target is so that nobody's confused. Because the last thing I want is to add further harm to somebody who's already been victimized. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether, even if it's just in ridiculing them in a video, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Or ridiculing the situation itself because the situation is serious. So always go after the target, the the the, the perpetrator, right? So that's usually how I tried to to do that. But you know, there's a whole understanding apparently on some sides of the internet that comedy is just meant to be silly, goofy faces, and oh man, I just poop my pants. Like you can't or talk slurs. about like racial slurs. Yeah, or slurs. No, no, yeah, no. there are a lot of people. Now you'd be surprised that my friend Stephen, who's been doing comedy. For so long, he's touring in New York right now. He's like an amazing comedian. And he he even got – he's my co-host on my show. And he's like – he's he, there's a guy who said – oh, like he tagged he tagged Steven on a, on a post and said, um, 
hey, uh, like, hey, Steven, am I a comedian too? If I change my Twitter profile to comic and then called Dennis the N word. And Steve was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> like, like that's, uh, that's legitimately banger. Like, Banger, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah it would, would kill at a comedy club, 100%. Yeah, dude, here so, you, uh, not to interrupt again, I suck. Harris is used to yeah. being interrupted by me, but um, <laughs> I could get why I think a lot of the flack you got, and I'm not even talking about the recent stuff, but it, it does seem like you maybe should have been more clear because the, the OG character, it was strictly mm -hmm. irrelevant news. Mm -hmm. But then it seemed like you made it not even a new character, but you switched over into doing actual news. Right. Yeah, it started getting, I mean. Do you see how that it, could I confuse guess, like haters yeah. though? How they could be like, yo, like what the hell? Like, because I think yeah. if you had stuck with the Keemstar type stuff where it was like totally irrelevant, uh, yeah. irrelevant um, I could see why this like Papa Gut guy or someone you called a pedo, like it, it would be like, dude, I'm joking. But like, mm -hmm. because you do do actual stuff, uh, my point being is, do you understand why people got mad? Or do you think, do you still think they kind of didn't have, they just didn't understand? No, I understand where it comes from. I definitely do. And I tried my best to draw a distinction between mm -hmm. what I do as far as like being comedically and like an actual, like Brian Williams, who's like a nighttime news anchor, right? right. And it sounds um, like you were almost even forced into doing not forced, but it seemed like because you were trying to follow your nose in terms of what people were wanting to watch. It feels like you were even yeah. pigeonholed into having to do real news. Yeah. And just to be clear, like I wasn't covering like the hard hitting news I'd see on NBC. I was still doing a lot of like the irrelevant Streamer shit. I, I'd stuff. share like mm -hmm. viral. Yeah. yeah. I'd share like viral uh, like clips and things that were going on. Uh, it'd be it was like, you know, Ray William Johnson, how he had like his show, his YouTube show. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And he would talk about like viral stuff or stuff that was going on. It was kind of the same thing, but like in clip format, it was like Tosh.0, but like stuff that was trending on Twitter that right. night before right. or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's usually how it was. I wasn't really like covering hard hitting news. I mean, I, I did cover the um, the insurrection. I was still doing the Minecraft cat bit. And uh, the entire time I'm oh. just like roasting all the people who are at the insurrection. Like, you know, how much like uh, they're idiots or whatever it is. Right. Um, what is the insurrection? Yeah, I January sixth. Yeah, January sixth. Yeah, it's January sixth. Mario, Mamma mia, okie dokie. Yeah. Oh, for real? They were really there. Oh, wow. by the way, FBI, if you're listening, I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. This is not yeah. real. But look at the cat ears. Yeah, yeah, not real. Not real. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I was. I actually wanted to ask you. This is a little bit of a like separate thing, but. I wanted yeah. to ask you just like I had some questions just objectively about the roast battle that Me happened too. like a few days Me too, ago. Me too, baby. Me too. I, I what something I was curious about. I, I was hearing, but never by. It didn't sound like I heard it from you. I just saw it on Twitter or something that there was supposed to be a lot of other YouTubers there, right? Like other content creators, or is that not true? Well, I think you, no, it's not you true. Challenged I, people to come, right? I I challenged a bunch of people. Before there was one person because I, I did a Twitter space maybe two weeks before or a week before or something. And I did a Twitter space for six hours. One of the people who joined, um, you did a six she hour was like, Twitter space. 
A six hour, yeah, I was on Jesus there for six Christ. hours, bro. God, man, yeah. <laughs> how much? How much Red Bull did that? Like, yeah, did you have to tear? Fucking... Bro, I yeah. took. I. I it, it was funny because I when I joined it, it was like Sunday. I just walked my dogs. I took my pre workout, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this for thirty minutes before I go and hit the start doing the gym stuff. And then, uh, like, all of a sudden, it's like four hours later. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, we've but, been there. Uh, we've to, all been there. Yeah, <laughs> to get back to the. Uh, so there was one person, for example, in the Twitter space who said, oh, no, I'm going, I'm going. And I even offered her. I responded to her in a DM. I said, hey, you, you know, if you want to come, I'll pay for your tickets to fly over. I'll pay for your um, pay for your two nights here. Uh, essentially, you see, no you're kind YouTubers. of barking. You're kind of barking, but like digitally. You see that? Yeah, like, you essentially. Get in here, baby. Yeah. I'm going to start posting yeah. Deaf Noodles hate if you're going to put me up in a fucking hotel for two days, bro. I'm going to start. I'm going to be your biggest <laughs> bro, fucking hater on deal. Twitter. Uh, I even tweeted at this YouTuber who was like talking match it and then made a three minute video coping saying he couldn't come. I was like, bro. I'm offering you a vacation, a paid vacation, three days in Hollywood. You're going to be mm -hmm. like at the heart of everything. You're going to be able to walk around. You just have to show up for a show for an hour. Like, bro. Uh, but yeah, uh, none of them agreed to it. Hmm. So I ended up changing the format and I, I announced a lineup, I think, uh, the week, like the Monday of, and it was all comics, you know, from LA. Um, and I, I, I even opened, I said like, just in case somebody does want to sign up, I opened a list and I, like I, I said, anybody can sign up and I'll do a lottery and two of the people who in the lottery will be selected to go up and be a part of the roast and people signed up and it was just comics again. So it ended up just being comics, you know, from LA and um, I, I wanted to get YouTubers out. I think this time it seems like there's going to be a few YouTubers out. A few other people who do commentary on the internet are going to come out. Um, I've been talking to some of them in DMs. You're talking so, about for Roast Battle 2. Round 2. Roast Battle right? 2, yeah, which happens Dude, next week, next You know Friday. what? I'm, I am glad. Um, I'm not friends with you. I don't know anything about you, but I'm glad yeah. that you are doing a second one because I mm -hmm. think a lot of people, if they went through like kind of what you went through and all the hate and shit, I would have been like, Deuces. Yeah. yeah, I'm fucking done with this yeah. shit, bro. But uh dude, you talked about Tanacon earlier. I have to make some yeah. unfavorable comparisons. I must. Yeah. Yeah. I have a so. feeling, and again, I don't know you at all, but I think you have some similar uh mindsets that I do. Um yeah. how long between when you came up with Roast Battle One and before it went on was there? Was it less than a week? Or was it about a no, week? it was way more. So just to give you context on this space that I'm in right now, it took me eight months to get to this. So well, did you I have you had that plan for those eight months, the roast battle? So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the plan was to build a club. The the idea for the, the show came a little later. So this is funny because this goes all the way back to actually 2019. So in 2019, I was uh I was I, I was talking to the owners of the stand and we were like partnering in this movie i had financing for a movie they were going to develop together and in the middle of this conversation uh i was like bro you guys have the best club in new york if you had one in la with the culture that you guys have you would absolutely kill and they were like yeah i i mean they they said like we would love to do it the thing is we just got our new place in union square we spent a bunch of money so we can't really do it right now it's not really financially uh, reason like, you know, uh, smart for us to do that right now. They said, why don't you look at this other club that's for sale, the club in, in LA. And I was like, ah, that club, cause I performed there already. Ah, I don't know if I'm going to buy it or whatever. Uh, so 
you know, a few years down the line, it was like middle of last year. I started like, I started seeing that everything was opening back up. I started seeing how little time I had to do stand up because I started going out and working on material again. And it was like, bro, it was like my, I was sleeping an hour a night and it was just not re feasible. Like mm -hmm. just not reasonable. I, I couldn't live like sleeping an hour a night, you know? Uh, so I, I thought, okay, what if I build out a place where I have the studio to do all the videos I got to do? And then I, I have, um, the club at the front. So I, and then I was like, Oh shit, they told me about, about this club I could buy. So I looked into it. I almost bought the club. I got the financing for it. It's like a pretty big club, you know, got the financing for it and everything. And then last minute they like ghosted me and my accountant thinks oh, that they bro. were just trying to get, yeah, they, they think that they, my accountant thinks they were just trying to get like an offer or maybe they, they like, they, you know, people sometimes change their minds. They're like, Oh no, we can't, they can't let it go. Whatever it was, they ghosted me. So that kind of pissed me off. And I was like, okay, now I'm really going to go and open my own spot. So I, I, you know, I, I'm like a UCB guy. I, I used to work at UCB at the Franklin theater. And I was like, that theater is so cool. You know, there's this plaque in the theater that says all the people, all the comedians who perform there. It's like a historic comedy theater. Even Ronald Reagan performed there. I was like, bro, Ronald Reagan performed in this stage. It's like fucking mm -hmm. wild. Right. Uh, anyway, I, I looked up, I looked at the theater. I was like, I'm going to buy that theater or like, see if I can rent it out or something. So I, I looked it up. You know, I, I don't know if they're doing anything with it, but I couldn't find the owner or couldn't find any information on it, on how to get it. Uh, then I started looking at spots. So I found this spot that was just uh, like a couple of miles away or maybe a mile and a half away from where I'm at. And the spot was perfect. They like literally had the club already at the front. They had all these places to build studios and offices and, uh, but the thing was, it didn't want to let me get a lease after they found out that there, I was going to build a podcast studio there. And they said, oh, there's somebody who has it, a podcast studio here already. Right. And this is like February or March. So I kept looking and I eventually found this place, which is like in a, a part of sunset. That's like a little more rundown, right. Because of like the, rustic. I guess the, yeah, it, rustic. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would say, uh, you know, it's like in between like the really glitzy area of Beverly Hills and like the other part that's a, a WeHo that's like really like Ass. Yeah, yeah. super. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, it, for some reason, the pandemic hit this part really hard and like a lot of the shops closed. In fact, the shop, the the, the store that I have or the place that I have used to be a, like a historic amp store was the Mesa Boogie. Right. Um, and uh, people to this day walk by. They're like, oh, shit. The Mesa Boogie. Can I? You got amps? No, no, it's the comedy club. Now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's, brother. Uh, yeah. So this was like. So I started trying to get. I I started looking at getting this around March, right? This place, and it took about a month and a half with all the background checks and everything that they did, and getting the insurance and everything. So I think around May we sat. It was mid-May or early May. We signed the lease. I moved. I moved in uh, June. And immediately I had the first thing I did was like repaint the whole place. It hadn't nothing had been done to it since the 70s. So it was like decrepit falling apart. So I hmm. renov did like a slight renovation to everything and then already started planning on how to set up the rooms. I set up the podcast studio. Then in July, started looking at uh, setting up the wall. And that was like a whole thing. Everybody was trying to scam me for building this like little wall. Right. Like there were dudes asking me for fifteen thousand dollars to build a fucking wall. I'm like, you think I was born yesterday? Like, what mm -hmm. the fuck is your problem? Uh, anyway, uh, eventually I found somebody to build a wall at like a reasonable price and we started building it. And then we started doing the, uh, the media build out and all this other shit. And in the middle of all of this, after I moved into the, the spot, which was in June, uh, around, around that time. And it's coincidentally around the time that I filed the lawsuit 
against a certain somebody. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm suing Keemstar for defamation. So coincidentally, I moved into the hmm. spot, filed the lawsuit, and a, a whole bunch of stuff starts bubbling. People start taking everything I'm saying way more seriously than usual. Things start blowing up and becoming essentially like huge shit storms. Everything I say is like magnified by a thousand times. And um, anyway, uh, in the middle of all of this, I'm like, there's a lot of hate that's happening around me. You know, like maybe I can use the club to monetize this. Maybe I could have a roast battle, get all these people who are like shitting on me to come here and we could put on a show. And instead of hiding behind, you know, Twitter fingers or a screen on the Internet, we can do it for real here. It'll be like boxing. You know, this was I think it was also like the whole idea of the boxing influencer boxing thing, because I was I was uh, I had just gotten tickets to go to one fight. And I think I was looking at the Jake Paul fight, too. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this because it's like another side of this, like machismo you know like right, oh yeah right. i'm gonna tear you down type shit yeah. that, that boxing has but it's like words and i i was like we can build this out so the idea for it was like i guess early june or mid-june that's when i had the idea and i guess the first show was august 19th and i started like you know i had to renovate the whole space build everything out and i uh we built the wall we started building the wall three or four weeks before the show and and then it was the the thing that really was like that I'm still trying to figure out was the media build out, which is, you know, I, I, I wanted to have two cameras. Now I'm looking at setting up a third camera, but um, I was essentially going to cover it like television, right? Have a switcher and have like all the, the mics and everything mic'd and um, and cover it as with as many angles as possible. But the thing was that, you know, we spent like two and a half weeks trying to figure out why none of the cameras we plugged in were showing up is the exact same setup we have here same cameras and only one of the cameras was showing up it was the one all the way in the back uh the one that we ended up using for the broadcast which is 100 feet away and it goes against everything that even the people at black magic were telling me the black magic is the the company that produces the sweatshirt it's the atom mini that i'm using and they were like well the your camera is too far away i was like well the camera that's 100 feet away it, the, we get the signal on the switcher, the one that's 50 feet away. We don't get the signal. Like what make, don't make it make sense. Mm -hmm. And their suggestion was just to buy more equipment. And I was like, oh, fuck that. I got to make this work. Of course, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a far yeah. angle. Like I noticed from the stream, like it does yeah. feel like almost like a like security a camera. Su security. Yeah. Cam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that angle we were going to use when people go out into the audience to do crowd mm -hmm. work. Right. Yeah. The main angle is like similar to the angle that I shoot my videos in, which is like uh, like a medium angle, which is essentially from the waist up. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so that's the angle that we were planning on using. Unfortunately, it, it just didn't work. We couldn't get the camera up. In fact, up until uh, the camera, the back camera, the, that looks like a security camera was working the day before I did a test. Everything was fine. The mics were fine. That back camera was working. I was like, okay, if anything, I'll just run the show with that camera. Mm -hmm. I came up, loaded everything up two hours before the show. None of it was working. The camera wasn't working. The microphones weren't working. None of it. That's why we started 15 minutes late. Something happened. I don't know with a computer or whatever that none of it was working. And, and then the funny thing is that we were already late and I was like, okay, I'm just going to throw a Hail Mary right now. Restart the computer and see if everything works again. Uh, and I did that and then the audio came back. So I was like, yes, 
the audio is back. At least people can hear now. Mm -hmm. And then I, I started just like opening and closing programs and like running different like, uh, you know, programs that Black Magic has. And then eventually that back camera came up. And then we were like, all right, let everybody in. Let's start like running it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've been I've been doing it like I've been doing shows long enough that I know that like Murphy's Law is like, oh, every time. Uh, yeah. Every everything that can't go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. Even if I hadn't set a date for the show, like I would probably still trying to be figure figuring out shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like something mm -hmm. and I, I still am. It's like. You know, sometimes you just got to tear the bandaid and kind of go with it and then mm -hmm. kind of just roll with the The, the best punches. experience is doing it. Like, I think you're going to be yeah. very well set for this second one. I do have to for ask, sure. though, because I, I am shocked, bro, that you did have that much prep time and planning because the show did yeah. seem a little thrown together. And I got to ask, mm -hmm. if you did have all this timing, why? Hmm. I'm trying to think of saying this without offending this guy because he's a good guy. But <laughs> say just say it. Well, there's a certain comic you had on there. I don't think he performed, but he showed up on stage and he was a guy Harris and I went to school with. So as soon as he came out on stage, I was like, oh, no, what's Who going on? You uh, want to say off camera or? No. So long, Bowser. Thank you so much for playing my game. Yeah. He's part of the um... <laughs> game over. <laughs> Hello. Here we go. Okay, okay, that explains yeah. it. But did you not do a lot of planning in terms of who was going to show up? Because if you did have a few months to plan, I would assume you would have pulled connects and tried to get kind of like yeah, a little well, bigger the, people. The people there. that we we booked, we booked the we had the the lineup set up, uh, and we announced it on Monday, the Monday before the show. Mm -hmm. But I do know a lot of comics that I, I mean, I have a friend of mine who performs at the Laugh Factory every week and he's touring he's like in nevada he was like i'd love to go and perform but i'm in nevada for the Too next short like, notice yeah. yeah yeah so uh i spoke to him like a week and a half before the show so uh, yeah i mean it'll happen i it, it will, i just spoke to somebody yesterday who books a lot of shows with like these big comedians and you know it, it, i think for our first show i think we had some pretty good people there uh it was i mean the crowd loved it uh, there was a, an aspect of like flying by the seat of our pants, but I think we went, we went along with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I was also, this was also one thing that I would, I, I think I would have enjoyed the show a whole lot more if I wasn't running tech and doing lights. I, I also had like the, the way that things work, uh, like one of my, my editors who's trained on how to use a switcher and doing all this stuff, he's been out for like a week and a half or something. He's like dealing with a whole situation. And then my other assistant who was there and I, I was going to have her help out with like the production side because we were getting threats of being swatted and like all this other shit, she got too scared. So she was like, I don't know if I'm going to be here for the show. So she stayed as long as she could stay. But then she like got terrified and said, I'm, I'm going to leave. Right, I can't. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I know you did have some spies there. I think there were two or three people yeah, there were, on the there stream were they said you know i was actually yeah, gonna they, show up because i i live so close but then i was like i don't know enough about any of this i would just yeah. look like an asshole if i showed up i feel yeah, like if you ever if you ever decide to show up just let me know we'll put you on the list uh, i'd love to have you let's yeah I'll, I'll bomb really hard so everyone looks like way great. better yeah dude how would you view because i know a lot of people i mean i think they're mad because you were like in on the joke and resharing the video but a lot of people were like dude deaf you sucked when you did your real fuck deaf's roasting abilities but do you contribute that to like you were saying because you were so scatterbrained trying to take everything else or were you like 
Because, dude, I do this so many times. Anytime I did stand-up, I was like, five minutes, I'm so funny, I don't have to fucking pre-plan anything. I'm going to go up there and kill, baby. But then my yeah. mind will just, like, go blank, and I'm just like, oh, no, dude. Like, what, what do you contribute your performance to? How do, how do you view your performance? Uh, I mean, I said it on stage. I fucking bombed. So the, the whole thing was... If part of it was scatterbrained, it was like, you know, I, I came out twice and the mics were completely shut off. And I, I, I forgot to shut them off, like turn them back on. So did you do pre-writing though? Did you, you did pre-write jokes or uh, not, not No, really. I didn't because I didn't even know who I was going to go up against. Right. Um, mm. I did think of some jokes when I saw it was her, like for the two minutes, I thought of that carrot top joke, which like, honestly, it's the, not, like the, it, are you from Detroit lesbian woman? The Detroit. Well, I let I read her shirt. I was just honestly, I just started trolling her because the whole thing the do you want to make out the one that I said? I knew she was a lesbian. So I was yeah. like, you want to make out? And then she was like, no. And then I was like, you're a lesbian by choice. Then <laughs> it's like Powerful. I was just like trolling her a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't write anything. I, I probably should have written for the next one. I'm going to write. You know, I, I, I there's like this YouTuber who's like really thirsty, who works for Keemstar, who wants to go and battle me. So. Uh, I'm going to write for this one. Uh, but yeah, that one, it, it was, I mean, I also, I hadn't really been on like a stage. I mean, I did like a couple of mics over the last few, but I haven't really been on a stage like performing like in, in like years. So there's a little bit of like cobwebs and, and shit and rusty that you, yeah. you know, rustiness that mm. you, you get. Um, plus you're like doing the show. So you're not really like thinking about it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to, um, I'm already looking at, I'm going to do some mics and like other shows like leading up to it. Uh, I have two shows booked here this Friday and I have a, sh like there are other things that, you know, uh, I'm going to do to just like, booked uh, at your event like, or you're going to do stand up somewhere. Oh, no, there's, we have two legit shows here. We're going to start, okay. we're going to start booking out the place so that we have two to three shows every night. Right. Like, oh, that's fresh. That's know. great. That's a good idea. Yeah. Are you yeah. not so shitting yourself? Was, like I, People, I'm not fame. I'm nowhere near. I have no clout, but people buy like prints and shit and stickers from me. I put my actual address on it. People knowing your actual address with all the hate you're getting. How are you not like freaking the fuck out? Well, first off, it's a business location. So it's uh, it's different. Even in terms of swatting with the security guards that I was talking to, it's harder to swat a business location. Uh, also, because for, for the show specifically, I have the security guards at the front. They're going to talk to security first before if they ever come in. Oh, and word. as far as like okay. trolls. Yeah. And as far as trolls, like uh, like doing something, I'm like I, I said today, as long as they're not doing something against like my patrons and people who are coming for the show or the people who work with me or for me, then I don't really give a shit. You can do whatever you want with me. I can kind of hold my own. But, you know, uh, I don't like honestly, I'm not really worried about people. A lot of people like the bark. You know, they have a lot of bark, but they really don't do shit, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so I'm not, uh, you know, it's a commercial spot. It's not unheard of. I mean, it's part of the reason why I wanted to get the club in the first place, because I wanted to have a place that I can pr actively promote and bring people to and give them an experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And there is this I, I mean, there is the whole thing of the Internet culture of people hiding behind the anonymity that they get so they can essentially like, you know, troll someone or try to destroy their lives but uh you know because this is like a commercial spot i end up winning in some sense because you know it ends up being publicity for the spot you know if they do something like oh yeah it happened at this comedy club and more people hear about it and know about it you know so it, it was i kind of knew that going into it 
uh, yeah, my my personal home address is nowhere on the internet, and I'm I'm very like. Oh I, wait, I take... but I do you not live at the studio? No, no. Oh, no, I don't. Okay, that's why I was so confused. I thought you were like living in the studio and then turned half of it into a stand up no, 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 joint. No. Okay, that makes dude, I'm nah. fucking yeah, retarded. That makes, that makes way more sense. Yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, I, we I, we have a little surprise for you. I I do have like two or three more questions I want to burn through, but we're about to hit that ten minute mark, I think. But Harris and I yeah. wrote. You know, I think one of the big critiques I've seen about your roast thing is that no one mm -hmm. knew each other, so it was so mm -hmm. hard for them to do roasts. But Harris yeah. and I have today written four roasts about each other that we would like to DM you and have you read for us to roast each other. Okay, that makes you want me sense. To read your roast to you? Yeah, did did yeah. Have you ever watch did you ever watch Norm McDonald like Norm McDonald live? Uh, yeah, I didn't uh, watch his show but I watched him. I watched a bunch of his shit. I yeah, He's he's I great. Norm. He he does this thing and we're kind of biting this uh where he like passes jokes to his guests that he's pre-written and just has them yeah. cold read it. And so we kind of wanted to do that but send roasts that we wrote about each other. So I wrote them about Zach and Zach wrote okay. them about So you me. get to make fun of us. But before we do that, All I right. did have one thing I wanted to get through because I, I wrote down a bunch of intellectual questions. So I'm like, okay, I got to get to these, baby. I got to get to these. All right. One of them was, and I've had this happen to me sometimes, but I think Harris mentioned earlier talking about like whether or not you thought you needed to take a break or step away from the internet. When I was seeing you go through drama, I did see a few posts of people who were like, yo, Def, I'm a huge fan of you. I do think yeah. you need to step away. And I saw you react to some of those questions and comments um, jokingly. You know, you were like kind of being a little sassy, but do you think a lot of that is coming from a place of love or do you think that's coming from concern trolling? Or do you think it's a mix of both? And concern trolling for people that bit... don't know or for – because Harris, I know you're fresh to the internet autism, but – Concern trolling is where you pretend to like someone just so you can like get a dig at them, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, I really care mm -hmm. about you, but you're being crazy and you suck now. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, you don't actually like them. But yeah. So it's, I, I think it's a mix of both. I think it's also like, uh, you know, I, I do feel there was a lot of concern trolling happening at one point. It's really, I mean, it's always been funny to me. Uh, whenever somebody does have those comments, I've been a fan since day one, but you're an absolute piece of shit. You should go jump off a fucking bridge. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, you know, it, it, to me, it's always funny because, <laughs> like, clearly, you're either looking for a reason to hate me or there's, like, something else going on. You know, you're just trolling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, like, the, the whole situation is just really convoluted because... It, it it like at one point people were giving me shit for changing the background like i because i used to film my videos with a green screen right and mm -hmm. for about a week and a half when i first moved into the studio i didn't have the wall set up where i now shoot my videos so i was shooting them in the middle of my production office and it's like it looks like a store it looks because it used to be a store right there's like the you know the the countertop there's like the wood panels behind me it looks like a, a store and a lot of people were that was like a huge controversy within my community because people were like and they just would not let it go they were like really offended by the background and they just would not let it go they're like just go back to doing the video on the, in the green screen this and that so there's an aspect of concern trolling there's also an aspect of people just not i guess accepting change or wanting things to be how they were uh which goes into something that i talked about recently too it's like 
people see you or they uh, and they they kind of put you in a box and they don't want you to go beyond that box. Right. So uh, there's some of that going on. And it's funny because one of the videos is somebody uh, made. They, they like mentioned that. And, I they, you know, uh, it, it was critical in his video. He talks about like your own fans are concerned because of this and that. And I'm, I, I watched, I, I was like, bro, like you, you, you moved to a new place yourself. Like imagine if you moved to a new room and all your fans are like angry at you just because you're filming in a different room. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, uh, you know, people change, they evolve. And like the content wasn't going to get shot like that, that whole time. Like I started shooting in front of a green screen because when I first started the channel, like I was too poor in my my uh, apartment was like the size of like you know a bathroom like it was so yeah, small man. like I couldn't do a video in there right so I, I just threw a green screen behind me so that I could put myself anywhere and mm-hmm. um, but yeah like realistically it wasn't gonna last forever like that like I, I have to evolve and like and this is really it's something that I said like this is where I'm finding out like who's along for the journey and who just like kind of just wants me to do the same old thing because at some point if you keep doing the same old thing people lose interest mm-hmm. yeah you know well, it like, also sounds like from the beginning your plan was never to be news guy it was to use this as a springboard yeah. to mm-hmm. for comedy to get into yeah. comedy oh, yeah. Right. yeah 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 to, to have right. an audience to bring out to my shows but it ended up i have an audience that i'm now bringing out to my own club so mm-hmm. uh so yeah, that that's always been the goal, and I mean, um, I have a friend of mine who's also a Brazilian comic in in New York. His name's Thiago, and like, I used we used to talk all the time because I I was just starting it, and he was like getting pointers, and like, you know, I shot a couple of videos with him where we went to Chinatown and we like pranked a bunch of people, and you know, it, it's always been the goal to use this to bring people towards my comedy, right? And it just so happened that the news thing is what blew up. And, uh, that's what, and people started thinking of me as like a news anchor instead of a comedian, even though I was doing the news as a joke, right. Right. Uh, like the joke aspect got like missed and it just, it it ended up becoming this like self-fulfilling thing because it became ammunition for the people who wanted to criticize me and and make money off of the videos, criticizing me that, uh, you know, it's an easy comedians are easy targets nowadays, right? Because comedians will say outlandish shit they'll fabricate shit because everything goes for a joke, right? Like you'll, yeah. you'll go as far as you need to go to get that laugh. Right. So it's really easy to shit on a comedian because you're, you're literally talking reckless, you know, and in a, in a place where like you talk reckless and you get canceled on Twitter, that's why comedians are constantly getting fucking canceled all the time for everything. Cause it's, you know, we're not made to walk on eggshells really. Right. You yeah. know, we just crush mm-hmm. them. I concur. I concur. Um, yeah. before we get into, these hilarious roasts. Harris, did you yeah. have anything you wanted to add or you're good? Cause I've been, I feel like I've been trampling all over you per usual. No, no, honestly, <laughs> I think like, uh, this been, I mean, I, I didn't know anything about it being your own club. I think that's really interesting and cool. And actually, um, I think that this whole roast battle thing that happened, I mean, I know there's a lot of like, it's just what it is. There's just a lot of bad publicity about this last one that just happened, but you know what? I think it's like a really good stepping stone uh, and maybe it doesn't even feel like that right now, but it's, it sounds like you, you have an optimistic viewpoint about it anyway. I think like the second one uh, you'll, you'll sidestep a lot of maybe like the mistakes that happened the first time around. And, you know, uh, I think it's cool, man. I think, I think it's cool what you're doing. Um, Bro. Yeah. yeah. I got to admit, you know, I went into this Mm -hmm. talk thinking like, 
and again, I, I didn't even really know you before this, but it was like, uh, you know what? Maybe this guy might need to step away, not because he's going crazy, but just because like the hate is too strong. But you do seem like you know what's going on. You seem like you have a game plan. And uh, yeah, it's cool to hear you're going to keep fucking doing this shit, bro. I mean, I, you obviously bought the studio, so you kind of have to. But uh, <laughs> I, again, know, I would have been like, fuck, dude, I'm fucking out of here. Like, I'm going to yeah. fucking become <laughs> I, a chef or something. I think there probably, I think there probably is merit to just like, not to necessarily tune out what people are saying right now. I, I, but I think, I think probably it is the right move to just step away from the internet and just focus on, you have something really that a lot of people wish they had right now and having the studio space and the desire to like bring other comedians into uh, like on, on a stage that you own is very fucking cool. And if I were you, if I were in that position, I would be like, fuck it fuck all this like youtube drama shit and i would lean into that a lot harder because i think that's real world and that's cool and that's going to attract a lot of attention in a very positive way if you oh, stick yeah. with it yeah oh yeah yeah that that that's 100 percent what i'm doing i mean i i am still like responding to shit because i just i'm honestly like on a you can't total- bro i it's so hard not to <laughs> yeah, respond to haters yeah, bro hard. but I, I guarantee you're gonna feel so much better if you start ignoring that shit dude Especially yeah. when it's like well, I do people it. with like three I, I, followers. Yeah. Well, I, on Twitter, yeah, I stop responding to random people on Twitter. I, I'll just like, I'll just meme on them or something. But yeah, I'm focusing on the on on building the the club, and uh, honestly, it's just really fulfilling to to have it and to to be able to do this. Like, I never even thought it was gonna get to this. So, especially considering like three before the pandemic, I was fucking broke, bro, and I was like, had. We're both 30, there 40, right thousand dollars and and yeah 40 30 40 30 thousand dollars in in fucking uh student loan debt and all this shit i didn't they could didn't even know what the fuck was gonna happen with my life I, but it you know kind of all fell together uh you know and i'm really grateful to be here but yeah we're, we're i'm definitely that's what i'm focusing on and the way that i see all this stuff i don't even see it as negative publicity i see it as like people are talking about it i mean i've been to so many i've done so many great shows I've, and I've done so many awful shows and so many different kinds of shows and absolutely nobody saw it or nobody talked about it. Like you said, like you did a, a few like shows and there were only a, like a handful of people there. I've done so many of those shows and you know, this is a show that I did. And it like, if I put together, it got tens of millions of impressions. If you put it all together, I was trending on Twitter nationally, number 19, the day of one of the biggest YouTubers reacted to it. You know, Voice we critical. had like a whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Critical, yeah. Yeah. We had a whole conversation about it. There were like, you gather up all the impressions. I haven't seen a, a comedy club or any other show get this on their first show independently without like a major studio behind them get this point. level of impressions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I got to play. Is, like, I'm going to resend you the link just because it's about to cut off, but I, I have a yeah. comment on that real quick. To close, before we get into these, I, I kind of yeah. want your opinion on this, Harris, because this is something you can't really comment on because you need an outsider's perspective, Def. But mm-hmm. I feel like I could play devil's advocate slightly because before we cut off earlier, you were talking about you were kind of happy about the trending, right? Yeah. I get that because I, I think no publicity is bad. Or what's the saying? No, no, there's... Yeah, all no publicity, publicity is, good, is publicity? good publicity, something like that. Uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. So I get that, but do you? I know a lot of people are like, "Yo, this deaf guy's fucking retarded, dude. He's laugh. He's like happy. He went trending because we're making fun of him." Like, I, I think those types of people might not realize that 
they are helping you in a way. Like the tr- mm-hmm. the trending thing helps your thing, and I'm sure you're gonna get even more people coming to your event now, even if they're just like, "Yo, what is this?" Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, yeah, I I don't know. Do you are, are you you're just like pro? You you're happy that it was trending, even if it was something negative, or do you? I do mean, you think it wasn't Twitter. trending because of? Do you think it was trending positively? Oh, I know it was all negativity. Mm-hmm. I know. I read the tweets. <laughs> I okay. know. Yeah, okay. I, I, <laughs> but the thing is, though, I mean, just uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. So, you know, most of the times when you're trending on Twitter, it's nothing good. You know what I mean? Right, First right. off, it's mm-hmm. like very rarely is it like unless you're like a K-pop band or like your Ariana Grande mm-hmm. new album coming out, whatever it is, you're not you're not going to be trending for something good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I see it as like. Uh, from an advertising perspective, it's impressions. It's people that are learning about my brand, even if negatively, which ironically too, it's like, if you look at how advertising works, the reason why people, a lot of political ads slant negatively is because people remember negativity more than they do positivity. So in some sense, I'm, I'm creating some kind of lasting memory in people's heads, even though it's negative. And uh, I mean, people got angry when Gatorade changed the G, right? Mm-hmm. They'll be angry at stuff all the time. Fuck Gatorade, dude. I'm still <laughs> yeah. pissed. Fuck Gatorade. <laughs> I'm still pissed, bro. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it it it, it happens, bro. And I, I think it's just like from a marketing standpoint, I got so many impressions. I got so many people to, you know, watch the clips from my show. There's a story behind the show now. You know, now people are going to watch go into the second show with a certain set of expectations and either we meet them or we don't, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it, there's a whole story. There's a narrative that's being told. And even Moist Critical and his like response to my like uh, apology, was, which was an ironic apology, was like I was making fun of apology videos and like the whole situation with it. But he says that he's looking forward to watching the second one. I got a massive YouTuber who said he's going to be here in L.A. He'd love to go. He'd love mm-hmm. to come and watch it, not be a part of the roast, but just watch it. Mm-hmm. So there is like, you know, uh, there is an element. It brings an element of interest. People want to, I mean, at the end of the day, people want to watch a shit show. Mm-hmm. They yeah. love watching the shit show. A lot of people hate watch shit. There's a reason why Barnum and Bailey was like a huge thing because mm-hmm. he had a freak show. Like people like watching that. And there's also like an aspect of, you know, right now they're seeing us take L's and eventually they're going to see us win and they're going to go along for that story and, you know, like five years down the line, when we've been doing this for five years, uh, when we ramp it up to being weekly, uh, people are going to look back and they're going to see, wow, these were humble beginnings. Look at how far they came. Or they'll be like, you know, sometimes, you know, when you pick up something like in the middle, like you ever do this? I used to do, do this with shows a lot. I'm ne- I've never been the kind of person who watches a show every week. I end up catching up to it, like at the very end when it's about the right. end. It's what yeah, happened yeah. with mm-hmm. you had. It was like the last four episodes. I was like, I have to catch up. So I watched the last four episodes with everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And you watch the show from beginning to end. Like you kind of binge it. And you see how like the pilot was like shot on a shoestring budget. They they were like saving money here and there. It sucked. And then by the fourth season, they got they, they did an entire episode about a fly. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. a million, multi-million dollar set. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's with everything like that, right? So it's cool to see the, I personally always love to see the progression of shows, even with the office. Like in the, when you watch the office, Michael Scott got a whole bunch of upgrades from season one to season two. Yeah. He <laughs> you know really I mean? did, like, dude. He was so bald yeah. for season one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He got yeah. so many upgrades. Guy probably you, got light bulb. I don't know. He looks totally up. different. You totally yeah. fucked up not making a, 
Well, I guess you couldn't have predicted people would react to this first roast battle, but uh, I survived the Deaf Noodles roast battle t-shirt. That would have been oh, banging, oh, shit, bro. That would have been banging, dude. I think you got some. Yeah, you I think some, you did. You can whip that up for this second one, bro. You'll make a yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. couple hundred, bro. That's a good <laughs> That'd be move. That's All right, Harris, do you want to do you want to start with your roast? Or yeah, you sure. Start? So, so. So Def, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna Twitter. DM you on Twitter. Yeah, is that yeah. cool? You have your okay. phone handy. All right, I'm gonna yeah, copy. Right I'm gonna send them one by one. So I think we'll swap. So I'll send the first one, and then Zach will send you. And one. we don't know what each other have written. So these could be brutal. We, we these could be filled with slurs. No one knows. No one knows. Filled with slurs. They don't want to get me canceled again. I had somebody. <laughs> yeah, go yeah, up just, by... I, I don't think you'll get canceled. Ten All right. pages of the N word have Def noodles. Right? I just <laughs> I just sent you the first one. If you can see that. Uh okay, here we go. Here you go. <laughs> hey Zach, still looking for a podcast sponsor? Maybe consider McDonald's to go with that golden arch looking ass hairline. <laughs> Yo, all right, I see how this is. Before okay. this, you were like, I hope yours weren't mean. Mine weren't mean. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that. good. That's good. Okay. That's okay. good. All right, all right, I got one. I got one. That's it. All right, boom. This is funny, bro. <laughs> uh <laughs> Beetle Moses, wouldn't a more appropriate name be Beetle? My people killed Jesus. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm, I'm gonna send you another one. I think yours is a little more okay. hard hitting, but yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all right. Here, I got a good one. <laughs> Did you hear Zach was cast in a new Mario Brothers movie? Oh, my mistake. I misinterpreted a tweet that called him a fat. <laughs> Called me a what? Can, uh, you want me to say it? It's like yeah, yeah, say, it, say it. It's say fine. It. It's fine. Yeah, say it. Go ahead. I mean, I'm part Italian. I'm Italian, so, bro. It's all you're good. fine. You're fine. Okay. Well, you want me to say it? Yeah. yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll bleep say, it. I'll, say, I'll bleep it. Say, so you don't get canceled. Say the whole thing from the top. Say the whole thing. Oh shit, bro! You're gonna you're gonna fucking get people to murder me now, bro. Nah, you're good. Nah, nah dude, you're good. You're, you're good. good. You're good. Okay. I'm good to say. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna it's... say it, dude. Oh come on, it's not wanna... that bad. That's Let me. Is it is it a, a fat wing? Was that was no, that the term? No, I'll no. spell it out. I'll spell it out for oh, you. Oh, it's not even it's... that. It's not even like a curse word. It's what is it? What is it? G o o m b a h. Goomba. Yeah, that's, dude, that's not... not. No, that's not even considered a bad word. That's, that's like a. a word. That's Italian for like buddy, I think. Is it? Yeah, Hold dude, up. you're that... freaking out. I'm telling you, dude, you Google, it. Google it real you. quick. It's not, it's, bro, it's said, also, bro, if, it, if it makes you, you no feel idea. better, if it makes you feel better, we got Vosh to say half of the N word uh, in our last episode. So you're it's totally a, good, bro. Look, it's a, it's a pejorative <laughs> slang term. So it's not a slur. <laughs> it's just a pejorative. It's like, it's like, cause, it's like calling an Irish person like a mick. Like, it's not like, yeah. Yeah. dude, well, I, thought, I, can't, I thought it was understand. the word wop, bro. You don't understand, no, bro. I have people reporting me. People watching the stream, like looking to report it. They're gonna clip it and they're gonna show it to me for the rest of my fucking uh, life. Come on, right. I, I, I love. I, I love that. I, you have my right, promise. Right, right, right. Read it out from the top, but I'll. I will bleep it. I will okay. bleep it when this gets <laughs> okay. posted. I, okay. I promise. Okay. I promise. Right hand of God. What you want me to say? <laughs> yes. 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 It's all good. I, I can't. No, no, it's all I'm good. Paying, look, look, let me tell you something. I can't. I'm paying for this shit with brand deals, bro. I can't fuck up that, that shit up. Oh, all right. All right. I get the gist of it. I got the gist okay, of it. Okay, okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. Exactly. Right, here's my turn. My turn. 
This one's a little wordy. All right, so strap in. Strap in. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you guys are just baiting me to say slurs, bro. No, no, dude, no, I swear no, to God, I swear, no. I swear. That was a concept originally. That was a concept originally. That was a concept? Yeah, it was a concept. <laughs> to, like, sneak them in. I thought it'd be funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's studio. Okay. I'm just looking up the word, bro. I'm looking up words now. Oh, no, no. This guys, isn't. You that's, guys are fucked up, man. This you is the people that good. made uh, Spirited Away. It's not a slur. Okay. It's not a slur. So Studio Ghibli recently decided they're no longer making animated movies. Beetle Moses was hardest hit by this news as he will no longer be able to reference actually successful creators in his comics. <laughs> ah, that's pretty savage. That's reference good. Man. That's good. Reference, reference man. man. All right. All right. I got, I got a good I got a good one here. Actually, I think this is a good follow-up to that one. Okay. Okay, ready? Okay. The friendship it's, instantly is ended. I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a little wordy. It's a, it's a little wordy as well. But Shockingly, YOLO Swag Studios lost 100 followers after tweeting a picture of his bare ass. Do you really do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, bro. Maybe since his followers are accom- accustomed to his art, it would have been better to post a picture of literal dog shit. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Bro, what the f- before this before this happened, you were like, dude, might or not mean at all, bro. That is fucking banger. That's banger mode. If you posted that on Twitter, I guarantee you'd get like two k likes of people uh, really? who hate me. One hundred percent, bro. Okay, maybe. All right, we got two more each, I think. Yeah, well, I got okay. one more. All right, go ahead, Zach. All right. <laughs> you coming in with the Jewish jokes? Israel, the only thing that is real about that place is a lot of Jews live there. Yeah, that's all right. That was all right. <laughs> it had nothing to do with you that either, dude. Yeah. You, you can tell I was scraping the bottom of the barrel that, that on, uh, on a couple of these. Okay, how about how about this one that I just sent? This is the last one that I wrote. Yeah, I got one left. All right. Uh. YOLO Swag Studios has become a target on- online for horrible, malicious, and violent death threats. And I want to come forward to say enough is enough. Can somebody just kill this guy already? <laughs> Dude, you, sh- you should be you should fly in and do this fucking Dude, roast, bro. This. You're, you're fucking I, killing me, dog. De- Dude, Dennis is actually like killing it with the reads. Yeah, I think you're doing good I, reads. You're doing a great job. All right. All right. All right that's my, all I got. That's this all is I my got final too. one. This is my final banger. <laughs> uh what's the, the you're, you're just like stating facts now that's what is that really what it is or <laughs> uh what's the deal with airplane food harris you're gay <laughs> what? it's get styled on bro you, you got know? me bro yeah. Damn, you fucking got me i think you won i think you that won those great. dude your those first three were fucking Beautiful, Yo, dude. Dennis, I wish you read the Goomba one, man. That was such dude, a, Yeah, that's I guarantee that's you bro, not that is a bad not word. even a bad word. Dude, it's an enemy in Mario. That's what the mushroom yeah, that, guys are that's called. That's the They're joke. That's, I know. I just you, Well, I have to, you know, I have to like I get what you you got to really protect the brand. You got to protect I know, the brand. I get well, it's not it. even know, like know, my I brand. I feel like my brand is already like like going in a direction where like but it's still like I still have to be like so careful because no, I know <laughs> people have been people have been coordinating like messaging my my sponsors even my management because I have other business ventures that I'm building right now 
And my management was like, you got to cool off. You got to relax because I'm partnering with one of them um, to build it out. So I just, you know, it, it's just like I'm I, I, I'm pretty sure that if I said that, like, bro, I had a I had a whole thing that I said. Uh, I said this word. I'll, I'll I, I, I don't some guy say the, the N word in the black community <laughs> no, was I like, said, yo, I said this word in a video. I'm, oh, I'm DMing it to you guys. It's not a bad word. I just want to don't want to say it. Am I going to be shocked? You can, Let me see. Dude, uh, uh, Harris and I talk about this on an episode, but I had no idea it? that became a slur. What is? Uh, yeah, you know what you call a perhaps an upstanding Romanian woman or Romanian gentleman that travels around. That mm. yeah, the, the the stereotype is a person who is like traveling around with. And if someone screws traveling... you over, they'll say, "Yo, he totally oh, the oh, oh, to me." Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. It's yeah. the name of a musical. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, is that I, a bad I, word? I Dude, said yeah. it. I, I said it like I said it where I, I said that I was that and mm -hmm. people got so offended. It was like uh, it was days. And I, I actually ended up having I like went back and removed it from the video. I said, OK, OK, guys, I removed it from the video. So I just have to be like very careful because especially now people are looking for anything that they can get so they can mm -hmm. DM my sponsors and and just try to paint the most negative worst picture, even if we're doing something in jest, and it's not necessarily a bad word, but mm -hmm. if it even has a moderate pejorative connotation, people will say, look, he, you know, even as an yeah, Italian, bad, like yeah. I, I don't even I feel comfortable it. saying that, you know, like my mom's Italian, yeah. uh, you know, Dude, here's a little tasty tidbit job. for you, but this is like the the G word you just sent us. And I'm, I'm going to say the yeah. slur. I'm going to say yeah. it. But uh, people are now mad at the word Eskimo. Apparently that is really? hyper. Dude, yeah, literally, literally, that. dude. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like Eskimos are fresh. You hear yeah. that word, you think of like a guy in like a comfy ass fucking penguin suit. And he's just like chilling. Like, I don't yeah. see how that's negative at all, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna no, edit it yeah. so you say that term though. Just so you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Editing it. I had no idea it was like that. It, I know, yeah, I didn't know. I, I'm, I, you know, we have a lot of discussions about like uh, because my one of my co-hosts, she's black, and you know, he, he talks a lot about what, like, uh, <laughs> huh? What? No, I'm I'm totally kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so he talks a lot yeah. about like you know the you know this the is the guy who's, and, like, the whose buddies. Thing of, you were telling him he's buddies with the guy we talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, Steven. okay. Got it. Yeah. So we've talked, we've had a lot of discussions about words like, you know, so I'm just like, a lot of the times they think like the N word has an actual like history of being used in a harmful way to essentially separate a group of people, right. From the rest of the population. I'm just thinking like, how, uh, like, how do we get to a point where we're applying that to every single word that's used to the used to describe people essentially not necessarily in a pejorative way you know what i mean like i never thought eskimo was like a pejorative word he said it no he said, I said it. it yeah yeah I'm fucked now they're getting I mean, crazy even... about that bro because like you were talking about italians earlier but now you can't say retarded because italian people get offended you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> but you can't. Uh, you can really say can't say you that that word specifically. You can't say it. I mean, I got banned on Twitch because a gay comedian said the f word. Oh right, mm -hmm. is that a perma ban? I wanted to ask, or just a week? It's seven days. Seven, seven days. days. Okay. All right, yeah. Dude, I was pleasantly so surprised. Too, like, uh, I I went and saw Nick Mullen four days ago, performing yeah. in California, and he was saying retarded every other like third word, and I was just like. <laughs> yeah. 
ballsy very ballsy very especially ballsy. in front of a california audience but they were going ham bro. Yeah. it was crazy mm -hmm. it, it's cool like when it worked when it it's a when you're doing it performatively it works but like on the internet it takes a whole new like scope right yeah uh yeah. It, it, it and especially when you're dealing with platforms like like twitch that look at your behavior off platform as well i may mean, use that as an excuse to ban you that's why you have to be like extra careful so like in that context, like I don't think there's something necessarily wrong about a gay comedian taking that word that's usually used to put gay people down mm -hmm. and using it the way that she used it. She's gay. She she gets the right to say it. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. It, it was just very, um, you know, that was, I, I already knew it was like that, but it was a little eye opening that, uh, you know, not even a gay person can say a word about themselves that's, you know, that people usually use to put themselves down, them, them down. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but that's, that's how far we've come. I mean, if, if somebody gets a soundbite like that of me saying anything, that's even, um, moderately pejorative, like that they could, they would a hundred percent, uh, keep just pushing it and trying to make it. Yeah. Know, I can understand that. Something. I know. Yeah. I mean, right now it just also feels probably like a, you're in the hot seat a little bit and you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I, I don't, I don't necessarily think is fair. I think that it kind of got like a little blown out of proportion, especially after just talking to you, this has been a very like chill conversation. I mean, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. which I think people forget that there's a person on the other end of it sometimes, you know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. like all of this internet shit doesn't really matter or exist. You You're know trying I mean? to tell me the gay yeah. little people who live in my phone are real. They're not come real. On. Come, They're on. Not. come on, brother. Come on. Uh, Listen, yeah. when, when your club takes off, I expect you to use that word. Once you're allowed to say that word, <laughs> I expect to hear that roast. I want to hear That'd it straight from the horse's mouth, baby. That would be great. I need that would to hear be great. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, also, we I give you free, Randy. Use any of those uh, the outline of any of the jokes that we just sent you. No, in no. Your next in your next roast. <laughs> not not yeah, about like me, the... please. Not about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm gonna be roasting you across the screen. Whether you show up, I'll, I'll, I'll roast. Dude, you. I'm not even there, and I'm just getting fucking blown <laughs> the fuck out fuck, on, yeah. in front of everyone. Yeah. Like, dude, I would kill myself. That's fuck great, that, dude. Well, listen, dude. This was crispy. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, where, where can the cold cuts fans find you it's deaf noodles on twitter and insta or yeah deaf noodles everywhere yeah mm -hmm. that's pretty much All right, it. If anyone if you want to start clipping anything bad that he says that's where you're going to want to go post it you want to go to that twitter or that instagram throw a tag no no you're yeah. good. i'm you're sure totally good. i'm sure there are a lot of there are a lot of people who are going to love seeing the any clips that you post there are a lot of people who love it baby so. dude i'm definitely gonna <laughs> i'm definitely gonna like fake market this and just clip you reading those uh those <laughs> insults roast. on both of us and act like you're attacking us i feel oh, like yeah, we're gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna so. splice we're gonna splice That's videos funny. of us in like oh my god i can't yeah. think you said <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, like dennis you are such an yeah. asshole <laughs> i'm gonna be crying we bro. were yeah we were so kind you right off the bat do this yeah, I mean, some of those were pretty brutal, Harris. Mister, yeah. uh, they're not that bad, dude. No, I did, not bad. I dude they were good. They're good. It's all in good humor. Yeah. You well, know, listen, bro, I'm about fucking... to hit close, but uh, dude, I wish you best of luck. I'm actually going. When is the second one? The second. It's, uh, uh, the second. Of September next 2nd. month, September second. Yeah. Oh, it's coming up. Yeah. Coming in hot. Okay, we, we I'm have. gonna I'm gonna try to show up. 
I'm gonna try to show up. I'll be the man on the ground reporting live. <laughs> yeah, de- cool. Den- Dennis, you're gonna get right back on Twitch like a week later, and they're gonna sweep <laughs> you right back <laughs> off. Man. You gotta, I, I have a plan. I have a plan. Yeah. I want to give it away, but I have a plan on. Uh, I, I have to have a contingency plan. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, listen, Chris. man. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been great. Yeah, and best so, of luck with so uh, part two, baby. I appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. All right, man. We'll be in touch. Excellent.